The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with the man? And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called, will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks, guys. I shared with everybody recently, at least everybody at daily mass, I think. I always forget exactly which mass I said which things, but one, one of the things I mentioned was there was a book that was written some years ago that's kind of become almost like the modern discernment manual for men discerning the priesthood, and it's called To Save a Thousand Souls. And I remember when that book first came into my hands, I was at the cathedral, and I was um, going to the 7.30 a.m. masses, and then eventually I would be the sacristan for those 7.30 a.m. masses. But uh, before that ever even happened, I was kneeling after Mass, and I was praying my rosary. And uh, the pastor at the time, Father George Wolf, God rest his soul, he, he was a more subtle man. <laughs> you know, some people are a little bit more deliberate and, you know, straight at you, but he was a bit more subtle. And he simply took the book, he put it at the end of the pew where I was sitting, and he looked at me, and he just walked away. <laughs> and so I scooted my way over to the book, and I was like, you know, to save a thousand souls, a guide to priestly discernment, or something like that is what it says. And so uh, it was kind of an amazing moment in my life. And then I never knew this would be the case, but just this past year, our priestly discernment retreat, our, 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 sorry, our priestly retreat at Mount Angel, um, Father Brent and I were there together, and some, some other friends in the diocese, was Father Brett Brannon, the one who wrote this book, To Save a Thousand Souls. And so I never thought I would necessarily meet him. He's a priest um, from Georgia. And so he was talking to us, and he said something that I thought was so 
unbelievably profound. He, he's written, obviously, a book about vocations. He was the vocations director for many, many years, so he has a lot to do with vocations in his life. And he said, he has never met a man who came into the seminary discerning the priesthood, and this is thousands of men that he has dealt with, that did not have a relationship with our Blessed Mother Mary. I was like, not one man. And I couldn't believe that. I was like, that's amazing. But you know, why not? Would, would any of you want a priest that did not have a relationship with our Blessed Mother? I certainly would not, personally. And that was an amazing realization to me. And of course, it was true in my own, my own life. Now, today I want to talk about miracles because this was so important for me, again. As I was trying to come back into the faith, when I was trying to figure out how to practice again as, as an adult, as a young adult, I was like, how do, I, how do I do this? I wasn't catechized super well. Some of you are in that same category as me. So I started to read. I started to read a lot, and I was listening to those Lighthouse Catholic Media CDs, and all of these different things were helping to inform uh, me about the faith. And then during that time, I remember I read a book about the miracle and the apparitions at Lourdes. And that changed my life. The Marianne apparitions changed my life. I, it was still unbelievable to me. I, I'm just gripped. Every time there is something on or about the apparitions, I am just sitting there watching it. And so just to recount how important that apparition was, you know, in 1854, something important happens. Pope Pius IX proclaims the doctrine of the Immaculate Conception. And this is one of the things that we need to make the most clear, because I was confused by this in my youth, and I think many people are still today. The Immaculate Conception is the reference of Mary being conceived without sin in the womb of her mother Anne, not in reference to Jesus' Jesus's sinlessness, but Mary's sinless soul. She is conceived by this favor from God. That is why when the angel Gabriel says her full of grace. She's not lacking in grace in any way. She has no sin in her, because if God is going to come into this earth through another person, then that person must have no sin as a part of her life. And then Mary, gosh, when she comes to this earth, she completely reverses everything for us. Everything that we heard in that first reading, the sin of Adam and Eve, we call Mary the new Eve. Why? Because Eve, who followed her will instead of the divine will of God, Mary begins the reversal of that sin by saying, let it be done to me according to your word. Her divine fiat, her yes to God. And that starts to change the entire course of human history. And so in 1854, Pope Pius IX proclaims that Mary was conceived without sin. Something that the church had believed from the very beginning was always a tradition, but they made that firm doctrine to say this is a truth of our faith. And then amazingly, about four years, five years later, our Blessed Mother Mary appears to a humble girl, St. Bernadette Subaru, who was only 14 years old, and it was said that she wasn't super smart, that she struggled in her own catechism. 
just to be able to memorize the essential things of the faith. But that one day, she sees this beautiful lady, and all she refers to her as, as, the, as the lady, or in her dialect, they said it was that one. You see, she would refer to her as. And then I believe it's something like on the 16th day that she goes back to see our Blessed Mother. She asks her three times, you know, lady, what, what is your name? You know, what is your name? And they said, humbly, our Blessed Mother Mary says, I am the Immaculate Conception. And that is miraculous in its own way because we have to realize we're in a world of constant communication, constant communication. We, we can reach across the world. If I wanted to call our seminarian Justin in Rome, right now, I could do it. Now, he'd probably be sleeping, but I could still call him and wake him up if I wanted to, right? But technology gives us the ability to do that. And the thing that they did not have back then was that communication, that ability to communicate in such a fast way. So only four years earlier, a doctrine in Rome by the Pope, the only people who would have understood and had been aware of that is usually the church hierarchy at that time. Bernadette had no idea what the Immaculate Conception was when our Blessed Mother identified herself as the Immaculate Conception. So when she went to the priests and said, who is it that you're talking to? She said, she told me that she was the Immaculate Conception. So for the priests, the very few in the world that would know and understand what that meant, he was like, it's her. It's really her, even in his heart, to realize that Mary was actually appearing, that this would be authentic. It was a huge, huge miracle in and of itself. Now, when Bernadette was told by the Blessed Mother to scratch into the ground right there and dig up in the mud, and then a spring started to well up from that very spot where Bernadette was digging, and it has been flowing ever since that day. Thousands and thousands of people have bathed in the waters of Lourdes. I, I'm sure many of you out there have, and, and, and I was able to myself, asking for some sort of healing from the Lord. And many thousands of miracles have happened. But there have been 70 miracles that have been approved by the church. And the reason I'm going to bring this one up is because you can watch it. There's a show. Well, you can't watch the miracle. Let me clarify that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that would be really great. But um, there's a show on, a modern show on Netflix, and it's called Down to Earth, and it's sponsored, or, and it's hosted by the, the actor Zac Efron. And it, it chronicles a lot of things about the earth, about the natural world that we live in. And the second episode talks about water. And the entire episode, it begins at Lourdes, and then it actually ends at Lourdes. So the middle of the episode is all just about water. So you, you might just fast forward if you need to. But anyway, so you watch the beginning. And there has been a medical examiner, a medical clinic there almost since the very beginning, you know, examining these miracles. Very early on, a crippled boy was healed by those waters. And that's what began all of these miracles happening. And so they chronicle this one miracle of a man who had had a type of cancer of the bone that had completely degenerated his entire hip joint, the whole entire pelvis and hip socket. And then medically, through MRIs, through x-rays, things like that, it was documented that eventually, when you look at this x-ray, the only thing left 
is muscle, skin, and connective tissue. No more bone at all. And this man comes with the help of his friends, this intercessory prayers and aid of his friends. Just like that story we heard the other day of the paralytic. People bringing him to Jesus and Our Lady Mary. Bringing him to her. That's so important in our life. He bathes in the waters and immediately feels assuring up in his hip. Immediately. And stands up and walks for the first time in who knows how long. And then upon examination, his hip joint, the bone, the pelvis, is completely regenerated in x-rays and things like that, and he is completely healed. This is one of the 70 miracles that are officially approved by the church that have taken place at Lourdes. Those kind of stories truly changed my life because I was obviously looking for something greater. I think every single person on this earth is looking for something greater. But because of some of the things that have happened in the history of the church, scandals and difficulties and schisms and division, a lot of people will be like, it can't be found there until we realize it is. That the fullness of truth is found here in the Catholic Church and that Mary is never a separation from her son, Jesus. But she always, always draws somebody closer to her. Every single time somebody has found their way to Mary, she points the way to her son, Jesus Christ. Why in the world would somebody in their mid-twenties, like myself, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, I got the urge to start praying the rosary. I have no idea where that came from. But somebody in their mid-twenties who liked riding bikes and climbing is just like, you should pray the rosary. <laughs> and I think I've told the story before. I, in Colorado Springs, I went to a store in the mall called All Things Catholic, run by Franciscans. And they had a chapel in there, and, you know, they sold religious goods. And I went, I, brought a four, I bought a $4 wooden rosary in the brochure, How to Pray the Rosary. And I marveled at many people like yourselves who just knew how to pray it without having a cheat sheet. And then eventually I became one of those people. And it was a catalyst that changed my life. I mean, I could look around this room and tell you just even by people that I know. I met John from Blessings from Heaven because I started to make rosaries, and he started to sell them at the store. Um, I, you know, these things, she is a miracle and a gift in our life. So if we develop a relationship with our Blessed Mother, and we try our very best to follow her life, it, it's a perfect model of humanity because she had no sin. So it's what we strive for, Yes, we will fail. Yes, we will fail. And that's the thing that people think us to be fools for. Because they think, they think that you mean you're part of a faith that says you strive to be per perfect knowing that you will not be. And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> because there is a greater promise for us in heaven. And the queen of heaven herself is praying for each one of us to actually get there 
and be a part of that family. And so I beg you, pray. Ask our Blessed Mother to be a mother in your life, to help you, to protect you, to guide you. If you do that, it will transform your life. It transformed my life. And like I said, and apparently every single priest that ever was, it's an amazing, amazing reality. So today, this is, it's a profound day in our life. So take her into your heart. Ask her for that favor that you really need. Oh gosh, and she will be with you. And remember about this, about prayer. Remember, God always answers prayers, but no is an answer, and not now is also an answer. So we might have things that we truly desire in our life, but not all of those things could come true in the way that God plans. But I promise you, he'll redeem you in ways that you never thought possible. I used to hide under the table when relatives came to my family's house, and I clung to my own mother's leg. I was a shy child. Can any of you ever imagine that now, having met me now? He will transform and redeem your life in ways that you never thought possible. If you don't have a voice, he may give you a voice. It's unbelievable, an unbelievable thing. So pray, pray, pray. Ask our Blessed Mother to be a part of your life. Let her transform your life and bring you closer to her son, Jesus Christ. God bless you all.